Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest and only greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here are simple. We can discuss as many of your ideas as we like, but only one can be taken to the next stage where it'll be used as a bargaining chip. The linchpin, the very fabric that holds us together in showdown talks between the two hosts of one of Britain's leading movie-based podcast formats. I'm Joel, a man who puts the schism into this morning. And across from me is John Harris. A man who, despite repeated offers of a bumper pay rise, is yet to sign a renewal on his contract expiring this summer. Why are you holding out, John? I didn't get that reference until you put your the name in the thingy. But I, I, my partner earlier today told me, oh, have you heard that apparently Phil and Holly don't The two guys to in Dream other. Factory aren't getting Sorry. on. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going for now. We're, I, you guys from this morning have dominated the front pages. I think next week we could dominate the front pages. We've tried beef. Um, we tried beef, didn't work. We tried just being sort of nice. <laughs> also, didn't work. <laughs> Now's the time we fake a huge falling out. I'd love I that. I can imagine, I, I imagine what they normally do with football clubs when everything's going wrong is they show the crest of a football club cracked in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine the Dream Factory artwork cracked in half on the front page of the sun. And we're kind of like, it's our, our faces in profile staring at each other. I'm not going to do the faces in profile staring at each other because I can't be asked. But there is every chance that to promote this week's episode, I might do the the sun front page of our logo cracks in half. <laughs> if if I was a listener and I didn't hadn't listened to this week's episode yet, and I saw that, mm-hmm. I would be like, "What? What's that? What's that all about?" Headline: The Nightmare Factory. <laughs> our source, which is funny because there's only two of us involved in this project, <laughs> our source tells us that working on the show has become untenable. And it's and showdown talks have been held at Dream Factory HQ. And it's so obvious that the source is me. Like every yeah. <laughs> everything about it just is so clearly me. Well, how would you how would you do that? How what would you say? It would just be, would be like that. Joel is info? horrible. You know, <laughs> yeah. like or jo- despite John continuing to be professional and kind at all times. Our anonymous source said, Joel is a big. John does head. all of the hard work, and Joel. <laughs> Joel is useless. You know how, um, um, like Metallica, famously, like they talk, they go, they take different planes apparently to the the mm, gigs, and they mm. stay in different hotels and stuff. Allegedly, the Dream Factory is recorded in across two different rooms because they can't be in the same room uh, as yeah, each other. I've heard they've not been in the same room to record a podcast in years. 
years, <laughs> literal years, and you would never, you wouldn't know it to listen. No, but um, yeah, it's fractious. We 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 join the Zoom, we press record, <laughs> we stop the Zoom. There is no other conversation. Our agents deal with the time of the recording, and that's it. And that's where we are now. So you know, enjoy the episodes while they last. Here is a movie idea from Tony. No booty. Bob Odenkirk is a former pirate trying to get on the straight and narrow. It's good stuff. So have you seen the film Nobody? No, but it's on like one of the f- uh, one of the streaming services at the minute. I keep intending I watched, to I watch recently it. watched it. Ah, there we go. It's pretty good. It's like a, I would say, 89 minute romp. I don't know if that's the actually the duration. If it's longer, I'd stand by the fact that 89 minutes of it are romping and the others are just fluff. It's an 89 minute romp. Bob Odenkirk is like a former uh, guy. He's a former assassin agent. Liam Neeson in Taken type, you know, unique set of skills, but now he's settled down to comfortable suburban life. And something happens that basically drags him out of that. I do like the idea that instead of being an assassin, he was a pirate. And as a result in his suburban life has to constantly hide his wooden leg. <laughs> he has a parrot. What else? What are the other defining characteristics of it? What were the things you'd have to hide if you were a pirate? Your hook hand? Your hook yeah. hand's going to be a nightmare. He gets a menial office job. And he's trying to type away with his hook hand. That would, yeah, that would be, yeah. I mean, those are the sort of things, because like, other than that, I guess there's like, you know, he's got like an unnatural attraction to old maps and chests. Yes. He stains every piece of paper in the work printers <laughs> with like a tea bag <laughs> to make them look ye oldy. I think it's pretty good. It's mad that parrots just say words, isn't it? I don't think we talk enough about that. They do. They just say words. They talk about it all the time. Yeah, I know. The, when we I remember as a kid, I don't know who this guy was. It wasn't a school friend, but for some reason. Do you ever have any of these guys? Maybe the mums knew each other. Do you ever have any of these guys? Or just another you young really, person. You weren't friends with them, but maybe the mums were friends. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes you'd be forced in the same arena. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have those? Yeah, yeah. And they would always, they would, like, their life would be kind of similar to yours, but they would have things that weren't like your life. Like an alternative really universe, get, you. A bit like an alternative universe, me. And one of them had a parrot. <laughs> that is incredible. And I remember meeting that parrot. I must be about six or seven years old. And it absolutely blew my mind because I only really knew about cats and dogs. Mm. And <laughs> despite, I'll be honest, numerous experiments, I couldn't get either of them to talk. But this parrot was chirping away the whole time. Did you, have you ever actually met a talking parrot? There's In a home? Or? Not like met. I've been to a pub where one is or, or like a... What do you mean? In Canterbury, there's a the parrot has a parrot. A talking parrot? Does it take your order? <laughs> no, I, I think it just says hello when it, when you walk in. That's quite good. I remember when I was a kid, there was there was like a few barbers on the high street and one had a parrot, but it wasn't the one that my mum went, took us to. And I was always heartbroken that we couldn't go to the one with the parrot. That is sad. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd be curious to know from listeners, I haven't seen a talking parrot in quite a long time. Are they still a going concern? And also, I really want to hear from listeners about going, I I just don't know what the word for it is, going to someone's house that wasn't your friend and it being (laughs) alternate universe you. Does everyone, is that a shared experience? Please let us know. Is that common ground? Is that like the basis for some Peter K stand up? Do you remember when you're a kid (laughs) and you go to a house that isn't a friend of yours house and they live a life similar to yours, but with differences, you know, like they would have like different sauces things that you weren't used to if you ever went over somewhere for dinner and they had like different sauces or different ways of preparing a fish finger it would be alarming to me is that only me 
I saw. Is this unique? I sort of know what you're talking about, but I'd love to know if listeners have. They would always have a different games console to the one you thought was normal. (laughs) It would be the house with the Dreamcast, and they'd cook their fish fingers in a microwave. That's the kind of thing I'm, you know, it would be like, it would almost be relatable, but it would feel a bit like aliens pretending to be humans. Yeah, well, you you are, yeah. I mean, going to a house of the person who had a Dreamcast, I do vividly remember that as a kid. Well, there you go. Um, I'm hitting on some shared experiences. Anyway, so Bob Odenkirk is a pirate. Does he? And he gets called, he gets summoned back to the ocean. <laughs> so, what? so it's a bit like... um. What's it called? A bit like, what are the pirate movies? Caribbean style. It's like underwater sort of magical ones. Magical ones, yeah. So I think he's working, I think he's working like a bar job. Maybe he's working in the parrot in Canterbury because he's also managed to find work for his parrot. So it's double income. That's pretty good. (laughs) And does the parrot get tips in that pub? I can't remember. I think I only ever went to that pub once. It wasn't like a regular student haunt. I think it was more of a locals place. Yeah. Um, But is is Bob, are you buying Bob as a former... Bob, we're, we're mates now, as a former assassin in that film. But that's kind of the, isn't that the point? Um, so unassuming. If it was like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and he was working <laughs> in an office, you'd be like, there's just no, this isn't right. He's got a past. With Bob Odenkirk, you believe that he's worked in an office forever. Mm, yeah, I'll give you that. Right. What about one from me, from Stu? Legally Bond, Reese Witherspoon's <laughs> L Woods becomes MI5's latest 007. Sounds great. It sounds like the comedy caper we all need. No one knows what's going on with James Bond at the moment. They probably have considered this. That's true. I've not seen, for my sins, I've not seen Legally Blonde. It's one of those ones that definitely, as a youngster, I was like, oh, girly. But then I've heard, actually, it's really great. And I'm a sexist pig dog for having thought that as a kid. I think it is good. I think I have seen it. As we've discussed before, I was exposed to every single rom-com made between the years, sort of 1995 and 2009. Um, so I've seen all of them, and I remember Legally Blonde being one of the good ones. It wasn't one of the ones I used to. Have, I've been known to hide VHSs and DVDs of films that were being shown too much in my house. I put a VHS of Grease under a floorboard after about the tenth screening in a week once, <laughs> while my mum and my sister just kept watching. <laughs> just at night, I just, just crept down and put it under a floorboard. And did you ever? There's a, there's a house. There is a house in Medway where if. So it's never found again? Refi- no, if they're doing a big refurb Amazing. and a big refit, they're going to find a stash of like 27 dresses, <laughs> grease, <laughs> 13 going on 30. It's an absolute treasure trove down there. No, so Legally Bond. Is it not funnier if James Bond goes to law school with, with a bunch of like teenage students and he's like a 50-year-old man in a tux? That is fun, but I also quite like the idea of doing this sort of... the I. I in my head, we can do like a, a, a gender flip, but and crucially, that means that she can be really sexist towards men in the film and sort oh, of that's address good. the balance a bit of the yeah, Bond that's movies. Good. Her sort of <laughs> ogling over. That would be some quite men. fun if they if if um is it is it and this has always felt insane to me. Is it a woman called Barbara Broccoli that's in charge of James Bond? It is. Yes. <laughs> so, Which sounds like again this that sounds like I would. I would know the green giant sweet corn from my house and then I would go to the alternate Lee's house <laughs> and they would have like Barbara broccoli food and it would look, it would feel similar and I know it's in the right, in the same sphere and I recognise it as food, but I would just never have seen it anywhere outside of the parrot house. I thought Barbara broccoli sounded like um, a Cluedo character, but I like your alternate reality she green giant. must be so talented to have managed to get a job of that high esteem while having the name Barbara broccoli. I, I believe it's nepotism. I could be wrong. And I no, really she's apologize. from a broccoli dynasty. I believe the broccoli family sort of. She's from the Bond tender stem for, dynasty. 
for many years. Broccoli. Don't just Google broccoli, Joel. That's stupid. Broccoli family. Okay, we've got a... T- Albert R. Broccoli, n- nicknamed Cubby, was an American <laughs> film producer who made more than 40 motion pictures. And okay. his notable work is the Bond series. So I think she... Yeah, nepotism. She's a nepo broccoli baby. That's a shame. There's She's also a, a Tony Broccoli. If you had a child with Barbara Broccoli, would you call it tender stem? I would call... Yeah, tendy. <laughs> Little tender stem. That's, that is a shame. That is a shame. Um, because I've always been fascinated by that. Because whenever it comes up, <laughs> whenever, whenever it comes up, I just think there can't be people out there called Broccoli that are deciding the future of this massive franchise. It's like if the head of the MCU was called like Carl Ketchup. <laughs> is that the same? Maybe so, it's not actually that stupid. So you think there's, you know, nominative, nominative determinism. You believe that if you have a really bad surname the chance of you becoming like a ceo is slim no i don't think there are any ceos that have got funny names it's not like charlie computer at the head of microsoft is it (laughs) there's that fact that um there are more ceos called john than there are women ceos and as an ally stop you right there i'm not a ceo barbara broccoli's sister is called tina banter (laughs) (laughs) tina banter broccoli or just tina banter i think she was tina banter and she's taken on the name broccoli through marriage Uh There we go. Tina, ba- Tina Banter. I'm not having it. Right, John. How about this one from Mike? Baby Sharknado. A good way to teach kids about the potential consequences of global warming. Please pretend this tweet was sent about five years ago to appear more relevant. Is Sharknado about global warming? Ooh, what is the message there? That's a great... If you heat up the planet by two more degrees, sharks are going to form a tornado and seek their revenge. Well, because we've seen Birdemic and that one is about the environment. Yeah. The birds were yeah, attacking yeah. humans because we were being bad to the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, let me find... How did the birds know? The plot. I don't think that there's any sort of message apart from the... The main message is, shit, there's a Sharknado. Yeah, which is a pretty good message. That's a pretty good moral. It's not... what well, I don't think it's one of Aesop's fables. My concern is, uh, as someone who's very sort of experienced in this domain right now, is... Children are so attracted to Baby Shark that it would be like the Pied Piper sort of picking up thousands of kids in that Baby Sharknado <laughs> as it went through every do, town. Do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. That's, that's interesting. Do you th- are you suggesting maybe that Baby Shark is propaganda by Big Shark to try and get kids into the sea so that sharks can eat them? <laughs> it's not a bad theory. That might be. I've, Joe, you know what? I've been, look- I've been looking for a conspiracy theory to really hang my hat on. John is holding up some Baby Shark memorabilia. That's there quite go. good. I'm not sure that would fit you. <laughs> um, I've been looking, yeah, I've been looking for a conspiracy theory to hang my hat on, and they've all. I'll be the last sort of four or five years. The con- none of the conspiracy theories really have any. They're, they're not fun. Mm. You don't get those fun conspiracy theories anymore that I feel like you're used to in a more innocent internet age. They're all pretty serious with pretty horrific implications. Whereas sharks just trying to eat kids, that seems fun to me. Yeah, I can see that. Shark, he- shark, shark attacks have been falling year on year on year on year. The sharks had a big meeting and they said, look, we need to get delicious kids because human, fully grown adult humans, our bones are too big. Mm. They don't really like crunching us, but little bite-sized kids, sharks are all in for that. So they said, look, let's create the catchiest song ever to have appeared on YouTube. It will do wonders for shark PR and it will get kids back in the sea frolicking and we can just nom, 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 nom. I like the idea of like a little underwater round table of some important business sharks coming up with that plan that's it's a lovely image you've got a lone shark there you've Hammerhead. got um 
Someone who's in fintech. <laughs> oh, you've got yeah, you've got the uh, the guy that runs B and Q, the Hammerhead. Um, they're all there. So and they're having a good time. Look, don't you know? I don't want to be the guy sort of criticizing one of the arguably one of the most popular songs of all time at this point. But if I was to take you through the lyrics of Baby Shark, so it goes Baby Shark, and then it moves over, it basically moves through an entire sort of what's the word nuclear family of sharks, and then it moves on to. Let's go hunt. Do, 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 do. And then they get into trouble. So they go, what? run away, do, 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 do. And this is where the writers got incredibly bored because the next bit they go, it's the end, do, 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 do. It's the end, do, do. And I have to listen to that thousands of times a day. Oh my God. So there you go. What's your favorite of the kids' tunes and what's your least favorite? Uh, there's a song called Down by the Bay, which I'm absolutely um, really into at the minute. My son is c- completely obsessed with old McDonald. I had a farm at the minute, and, but he calls it E-I-E-I-O. So he says E-I-E-I-O, more E-I-E-I-O every time we f- that song finishes. So he's well into that one at the minute. Yeah, there are some really bad ones. Five Little Monkeys, Gets On My Nerves. Oh, that sounds annoying. Yeah. One one fell off and bumped its head and then the mummy calls the doctor and the doctor said no more jumping on the bed. But guess what? They continue to oh, jump on the bed regardless. They can't help themselves. Uh, my son is currently obsessed with... Right. Here, apologies. We're not going to. We're going off into a tangent about my son. Apologies. I know we're not a parenting podcast, but I, this this is a weird thing that's happening in my life right now. My son is completely obsessed with doctors. The other day, <laughs> after a bath, he had a little rash on his leg, so we had to do the ch- the check. The daytime soap on BBC. <laughs> we had to do a check on his leg to make sure the the rash wasn't meningitis. The classic. Mm-hmm. Put the glass on it, and my partner said. And so we're just going to check because otherwise, you know, we might have to go to the doctor. And then she, she said, we don't have to go to the doctor. It's fine. And for the rest of the evening, he just kept asking questions about doctors. And now anytime anything happens, like he falls over, the first mm-hmm. thing he says is, no doctor. Oh, so when you say obsessed by, I thought you were going to say he was trying to feign injury to get himself down to the doctor. No, but it's he's the opposite. apprehensive. But he's also, much like you with sharks, Joel, uh, who is incredibly well researched on sharks, despite being terrified. He's yep. obsessed with Dr. Range, uh, the TV doctor. Yes. And s- you know your enemies. It, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. As you say, that was my respect towards sharks as a child. He's taken it on with doctors. Look, in the long run, at some point, his relationship with doctors is going to have to cool off a bit. <laughs> but for now, it's good stuff. And we could just use it to sort of get him to do stuff we like. We say, well, but if you don't, you know. Don't go to bed. Yeah. We'll call the doctor. Straight to <laughs> oh, sleep. Oh, that's so scary. No. Can I... It never really happened to me, but I know of parents pretending to phone police on their kids, right? Yeah. If you need to, John, <laughs> I will be side. a doctor. <laughs> I'll, you can just, I'll get a white lab coat and a stethoscope and you can FaceTime me anytime, day or night. And I'll be a <laughs> terrifying doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not sure that's the message we're trying to go for, but no, it thank is, you nonetheless. It is. Yep, it is. Look, we're just trying to remove some burden on the NHS by frightening <laughs> people away from ever visiting them. Perfect. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cool. I think we well, did like John, 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 three films. We did, I, I think we did. Should we do two more from me and you? Yes, please. I actually worry that this one's been done before, and it's The Bad Shepherd. No. So there's the movie The Good Shepherd, but this is just a slapstick comedy starring Rowan Atkinson about a shepherd who keeps losing his sheep. Great. Excellent. He's, we'll he's a bad shepherd. We'll definitely watch. You're combining Babe Pig in the City with Johnny English. You've got a bad shepherd. Well, my grandparents' house was in the countryside. And one time I went to visit when I was a kid and a local, a local field of sheep had all made their way into the garden. It was the greatest day of my childhood. Oh. I lo- what did you? How did you deal with them? We got Rowan Atkinson over, and he finally put them back to his <laughs> he field. Made a complete pig's ear of it, ironically. I um, there was a quite there was an apocryphal tale when I was growing up in Kent about lads, young farm farmers boys, who on their last day at school took three sheep into the school and let them run riot, and they painted one, three, and four on them. Classic. Is that real? Would that ever happen? Does everyone know that story? Is that sort of a, a version on a theme? Because yeah. they're still looking for that sheep to this day. That school's <laughs> been closed for 20 years now. <laughs> There's definitely versions of that tale in every town. And whether that's because they've genuinely copied that thing or it's just a sort of urban myth, I'm not I'm not sure. But um, yeah. There's or is there just like one band of boys going around releasing three sheep into every school in the country? <laughs> could be that. Absolutely. Could that be. would be good. What, one, um, the, I don't know if this happens anymore. So this is like leavers weeks at school. So in our school, um, we had all the way to our secondary school went all the way to the end of sixth form. So it was the end of sixth form leavers week. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big sort of clock tower in a, in our cloisters in the school, uh, that was white. And I think in one of the most wonderful harmless pranks, they just painted the entire thing pink. Um, <laughs> one, one leavers week overnight. That's good. Somebody at our school replaced every single photo in a department with pictures of himself and they lasted a good few weeks. <laughs> That's great. Um, harmless really fun is... Ex- look, harmless fun Bring is Bring back harmless fun. fun. Bring back harmless fun. Uh, John, what's your... Speaking of harmless fun, John, what's your lovely movie idea? Evil Shed Rise. After a disappointing flower show, Alan Titchmarsh gets into the occult in the hope of bringing back his garden to life. Unfortunately, the spell goes wrong and he creates a rampaging undead shed. Titchmarsh versus Shed. I love it because it's the thing he loves most. In the end, he'll confront the shed and he'll have to kill the shed. Mm. And, you know, it, it might be one of those moments where he can't, you know, you can't bring himself to do it. That classic part of a film yeah. where they're hovering over the body. They can't bring themselves to do it. And then Charlie Dimmock just walks onto, <laughs> shot with a shot, walks onto set with a shotgun and just blasts the thing to bits. Like- Dimmock's, the, Titchmark stood there with a rake in the final seconds. He's ready to attack the shed and he can't do it and it starts shaking his hands and then Dimmock just appears over his shoulder and just fucking ransacks the thing. And she was a water feature woman. She didn't care about sheds. (laughs) Like an impossible number of bullets to have been hurled in that gun. Oh, thousands. (laughs) 
uh, I like there we it. Go. What, what's well your, done. What's so, your favourite, Joel? That's a good question. I I don't really remember any that we did because <laughs> it was pretty tangential this episode. So I'm going to say no booty. Fair Bob enough. Bob Odenkirk, the pirate. Anyway, John, we really need to wrap up because a giant woman made of broccoli is coming in <laughs> uh, to inform me. I'm going to be the next James Bond. Well done, John. Well done, John. I have an official apology to make. A few weeks... Oh, thank you. At last. No. Do you know what, John? I forgive you. (laughs) A few weeks ago, we were discussing the Barbie versus Oppenheimer thing. And I believed a rumour where Oppenheimer had uh, flinched and had moved back to October. But apparently that was just a rumour. And the good news is the double bill is still on. Yes! I'm going to do it. Yeah? I'm definitely going to do it. If I didn't have a child, I'd be well up for it. Stupidest day. Send your just send your kid to the doctor. Come and watch the movies with me. And people are like when people are talking about it, they ask like which order. But I do think that there is only one way to do it, and it's Oppenheimer. Bar. Oppenheimer first. There's yeah. no way you can do the other. You can't skip into a screening of Oppenheimer like full <laughs> of sweets and popcorn, <laughs> floating on the air to then watch Oppenheimer. Whereas Barbie will pick you up from Oppenheimer. Yeah, like vomiting a rainbow over like a Killian Murphy sad movie about the exactly this idea. John, yeah, mate. Formal apologies aside, what are the pop culture things you've been enjoying? Ah, uh, Joe, you know there's only one thing either of us have been doing in our spare time. It's the Zelda game. Yeah, it's the Zelda game, baby. I can't, I can't stop playing it. I can't stop thinking about it when I'm not playing it. It is so rare that I get. Well, we've talked about this a lot. There's like, I feel quite a guilt with doing things like playing video games. Mm to an excessive amount. And so I actually find it quite difficult to pick up new video games and play them like in a way that I used to when I was a teenager where I would just play a game all day, every day and then happily play the next one. Now I like, I quite often buy a game and never play it or I buy a game, I play it for a couple of hours and then I play it for a couple of hours in a month. The new Zelda comes out. It's all I'm doing. It's all I'm playing. All of my WhatsApp chats with my friends are about it. Any others I'm ignoring are completely obsessed. I've put so many hours into it at the weekend. It's a fucking masterpiece. It's just so good. It's so good. I mean, there's, look, I, th- I think we're in a similar position despite being sort of alternate universe versions of each other insofar <laughs> as that we are big Nintendo boys and there is something about mm-hmm. a new Zelda game. And for me, to a lesser extent, a new Mario game, but similar, they just make me feel 10 years old. A new, I know, a new just Nintendo the joy of playing it. Just makes oh. me feel 10 years old, like, and it's just the best. There's few things. It's like when, you know, there's like a really good sort of superhero movie will do it for me, but yeah, Nintendo... They, they've got a chokehold on my childhood and as a result absolutely it's brilliant and it's really like I, I think I, I messaged you the other day what's really clever is it's like enormous like it is a game where the first one mm-hmm. the first sorry the breath of the world so the first sort of the last the last one I, I put like over like 160 hours into it all in mm-hmm. and so it's probably gonna take me a lot longer to do it this time because I have a child but I, I expect to, to easily put 100 hours into this game over the yeah, course yeah, of the yeah. year but the way they the way the gameplay it doesn't feel like that because every five minutes you're doing something and so you go over yeah. you're like oh there's a tower over there that I need to go to that looks like it's going to take me a while to get there but it doesn't matter because on the way there there's about three yeah. or four amazing wonderful things that just appear yeah. and just take it's your just attention unbelievable like you're constantly diverted you're never told you have to do something now or you have to follow this path and so you're right so what I absolutely love is that you're there's quite often moments where you're jumping from a high surface and you're gliding and you might think 
right, I'm gliding to that spot over there. And you're just, as you're surveying the ground, you're like, well, that's a weird, like, formation of rocks. Or that's an interesting looking building. Or that's a puff of smoke. And so, bang. And then your whole next three or four hours that you were intending to play that game is completely different to maybe you'd envisioned it. And also what I love is that, you know, I've quite a few of my best mates are playing it right now. And we have to be so vague when talking about the game because <laughs> everyone's experience of it is so completely different. Like, you start the game and it could be as simple as the first time I landed in the world, I went left and you went right. And we would have the most, like an entirely divergent experience playing that game for the first, you know, until we reach like 50, 60 hours when we've done a lot of things and we've got similar. But you can easily do just to live out a completely different experience on there, which is incredible. And it does, like I say, it makes it... I've got messages where it's like, wow, I just did this really cool bit and a cool thing happened. And that's like all the level of detail that we're giving. Like, oh, another, found, found another cool bit. And it's just, yeah, I love it. It's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. 100%. Well, there you go. Hopefully in the weeks to come, we'll have consumed some other media, but probably not. Uh, definitely not. I'm going to say it now. Definitely not. So there, there you go. If uh, There's a recommendation for you. If you haven't played the sequel to the best game of all time and you've been wavering, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Joel and John seal of approval should tip you over the edge to go and buy it. Well done. Right, John. On that note, I am literally now going to end this Zoom call and going to go and play it. Yeah, so. See ya. Thanks very much. See you later. Bye. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then... You'll be the best listener.